Guys, welcome to episode two of uh, the Zoopic Zone. We the Zoopic Zone. Uh, Let's yeah. go, bro. <laughs> this is a podcast that revolves around sales, mindset, and fitness. And so, for anyone looking to elevate their life in in you know these parts, um, this is the place to be. So, our guest today we have Blake Erickson. Blake, appreciate you joining us, dude. This is a blast. I'm proud of you. I love Thank what you. you're doing, and I uh, I don't think that there's a better person to speak on sales mindset fitness than you and so i'm honored to be here i appreciate that yeah, thank you're you. welcome and for those of you guys who don't know i've been working with blake for two years now uh, we work at the same sales company and um, a couple of things before getting into the intro is a couple of things i admire about blake is that he's one of those guys that just has a he impacts people very well he he's just a stand-up guy and um he just serves his people very well and that's something that I, I admire about you and I Thank look up you. to you for that. Um, but I know you, you started in sales and all that kind of stuff. We'll get into that. But if you don't mind getting into first, you know, an intro to yourself, like where you grew up, how'd you get to where you are now, stuff like that. I appreciate that. Thanks for the compliments, man. Yeah. I love you and I love everything about you and just who you are, man. You're, you're so impressive. So um, I'm first a husband. I have a incredible wife. She's just the greatest gift I've ever been given. I've been married for two years, coming up here in a month or two. I have a 10-year-old son, so second on my father, and he is world-class, dude. He is just the happiest. He's the coolest kid in the world, so super blessed. Um, and third, I get to be a leader within a door-to-door community, which is how we've been able to interact, and it's been awesome. So uh, I think we have... 320 sales reps that I get to see over and right. and manage and it's been really really fulfilling to do that over the last four or five years so um, that's what I'm currently up to and I'm passionate about helping others and providing value and teaching and inspiring my missions to lead inspire and impact through word and being and so I'm really interested in, in sure. getting my message out and impacting as many as I can. Yeah, you do that very well, by the way. Thank as you. As far as impacting, like I said Thank before, you. and definitely inspiring other people. I think that's that's a huge thing. Thank you. Um, tell me how you, so you grew up in, in Gilbert. Gilbert, Arizona, right? that's right. Okay, cool. You, you graduated from? Highland High. Okay, cool. The OGs. The OGs, dude. Okay. The, be, the best school in Gilbert. But Cool. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's up for debate. But <laughs> Pat and I went to rival high schools for those. Yeah, for those uh, listening. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how did what did you when did you graduate? So I graduated two thousand sixteen. Okay, and so what did you from twenty sixteen to now? How did you kind of get introduced to sales? Yeah, let me dive in. So twenty sixteen, I think I wanted to be a physical therapist, believe it or not. It's crazy. Really? Yeah, it's crazy to <laughs> think that. So I played football and I just loved like being around sports, the environment, just community, people that were ambitious, working towards winning. Mm -hmm. And I went and served a mission for my church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, and I moved to Peru for two years. And it was the greatest thing for me in my entire life. I'm eighteen, bro. All I cared about was girls friends and that's about it like that's all I cared about and what was cool about my mission is it took me from that to getting fully submerged and immersed in other people right and I became my last priority right 
and my entire focus for two years was other people serving, preaching, and doing what God would have me do. And so that two years was the reason I spent time on it is because everything that's ever happened to me good since then was because of those two years. And I am a believer in that. And so when I got home, I, I learned on my mission that I love serving and I'm most fulfilled when I'm serving. And I just was like, dude, how can I keep serving for a living? Right. And I wasn't quite sure how to do it because I know I also want to make a lot of money to have an amazing lifestyle where I could be present with my family. Um, and shortly after I started working in tech sales and it was great. I was learning a ton. I was one of the first reps on this startup tech company on the sales side. And as time went on after about 18 months of doing that, I was approached by a friend. Excuse me. After about 18 months of doing that, I was approached by a friend and that friend came up to me and said, Hey, I want you and I need you to check out this door to door thing. And wow. at this point, at this point I live in Provo. So I've heard about everything. I right, mean, you right, live in right, Utah right. County, you know how it is. And so I already had my like preconceived notions of, Hey, what's door to door? What's the opportunity? Right. What does it all look like? And I had already decided I'm not going to be a part of that. And so, uh, so automatically without yeah. knowing anything about it, you yeah. just like shut off. To and, it. and I'd met with multiple people in the past and there was never even a sliver of, yeah, I'm going to do this really because my mentality was, is I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to go start the company. I wanted to go like be the guy. Sure. I wanted to go like have the exit. Right, right. I didn't want to just go like plug into another person's system. Right. And I wanted to do that and serve. Right. And right. so I have this balance of like, I want to start this company. I want to be the entrepreneur and I, and I want to be able to serve through that opportunity. And then I start meeting. I, he's my best friend. So I'm like, sure, I'll meet. I start meeting with him. Right. And I soon come to find out that my goals actually align perfectly with the opportunity where it's like I get to deal with people all day. Right. I get to learn. I get to be around really ambitious people, really cool culture, community network. Mm -hmm. And also I get to be really uncomfortable and grow super rapidly. And so as I'm as I'm like sitting in these meetings being recruited, my no starts going into yeah, this is a no brainer. So by the end of, it took me three months to get recruited. So it wasn't your wow. standard. Yeah. Recruiting <laughs> process. They were diligent. Um, way more diligent than I probably would have been. <laughs> but at the end of three months, I was like hundred percent, let's do it. And when I do something, I do it. Right. And I believe how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so my intention of saying yes to that thing, all of a sudden now meant I'm 100% committed, my boats are burned, and I'm now 100% immersed into this thing. So I quit my tech job, and for the next three and a half months, all I do is listen to YouTube, listen to audiobooks, read books, watch online trainings about sales, listen to podcasts, train one-on-one, -on -one, interview people that have been really good at sales, and I just like, dude, I got 300 hours worth of training in that three month period. Wow. And I just became so obsessed because once again, if I do it, I do it. Right. And all of a sudden it, it comes. This is actually a unique piece. I'm, I'm about 300 hours into training at this point. And then I get on the news and 
the world is in chaos and they say COVID-19 is now a thing and everybody has to go into their homes, not leave, mask up. And so all of a sudden this thing I've been working towards, I now have this fear of was it all for nothing? Oh man. Because what was going on in the door to door industry was like, Hey, anyone that knocks doors, like right. you can't this summer. Right. We're going to skip the summer. That's wild. <laughs> Crazy dude. So imagine so, <laughs> like all the work you've put in up yeah, to this point and we're in January right now. And next month everyone comes out. It's like no more doors. Wow. Like that would, sk- that would be, well, so tell me how you felt like, psychological i mean like you're like wow i just put all this work in like so i avoided like the thought of oh this is unfair but my feeling was man like i've worked so hard i just want to go see how i could go do and so i was more longing for like the my shot my opportunity it'd be like if you practice soccer for years and years but you never got to play in a game right and so I just was like, dude, I want to, I just want to get in the game to see if I can do this right. because I'm so committed to it. Fortunately, we had some awesome leaders that actually said, Hey, we're going to move forward regardless of kind of what the industry is saying, what people are saying. And I was so grateful for that. Super faith filled, super winning mentality right. from those, from those leaders standpoint. I was grateful for that. And so I actually went out mid March And I began selling in Arizona where I'm from. And I remember my first day, I'm on the doors and I get a sale within 15 minutes. And that feeling was so thrilling and it just ignited me. And I was like, man, this is so (laughs) fun. It just became a game. And then I went for a six hour streak of zero sales after that. And so I had this whole roller coaster my first day was able to get a sale my last door of the night. It was pitch black outside. And it kind of like revived my energy. And then the next day I went and sold five. The next day I sold seven. And then I just kind of got in a routine of selling six, right. seven, eight a day. And once again, man, it was so cool to go from, hey, this is what I want to create. I'm committed to it. I also have no idea like if I can actually right. do it. I'm just putting my faith in it. And then I went out to execute and it, and it kind of unfolded like that. And so immediately I fell in love with the doors, the things it was teaching me, the people that it was putting me around. So when I got back from the summer, I said, Hey, I want to lean into this and I'm so passionate about it that I want to help as many people as possible experience what I experienced the success, the people, the network, the growth, the learning, the skill development. And I just was like, (laughs) dude, this is how I serve. And so after that first summer, I was like, cool, now I can make the money I want to make and have that lifestyle and build it. But now I get to go serve. So for the last four years, all I've done is just served Wow. within work. And it's been remarkable recruiting, leadership development, training, and just I'm committed to putting my guys in the best place to succeed through learning, through development, through the right people. Right. And uh, it's created some really neat opportunity. So flash forward four years. That uh, that's what we've been up to. I love that. That's all, that's a great. That's an awesome story. Thanks, man. I love that. One of the things that stood out to me was your commitment. You mentioned going all in. So, what do you think is? How I guess what I'm saying is, why is that important? Like, how, how do you go all in on something, and and how do you achieve a goal that you set out to do? Because going all in is 
it's hard, you know? Yeah. It's, you got to burn some boats. <laughs> yeah, it's rare too. Right. I would say 99% of people will never experience actually being all in on the thing. Right. A lot of people are like, dude, I'm committed. I'm here. Like, let's go. But my definition of all in, Napoleon Hill talks about it in Think and Grow Rich. It's a consuming obsession. And that's what all in means to me. Like, imagine you find this girl that you're absolutely in love with, like the best girl you've ever met. And she's just checks all the boxes. That love you would feel towards her and like wanting to have that girl as your future spouse. You need to have that same all in obsession to the thing that you do. And so that's how I felt about, that's how I felt about sales is it was, it consumed me to the point where when I woke up, it was the first thing on my mind. And the last thing on my mind before I went to bed was sales and then everything in between. I was like, it was always still in the back of the mind. And so when you talk about what does it take to get all in, this is my process. It's three C's. First, it takes the commitment. Then it takes crafting it. And then it takes creating it. And so commitment is saying, I'm going to commit to this thing and I'm a man of my word. And so when I, when I say I'm going to do it, I do it. And then the crafting is what would it look like? Who would I need to be to be all in? Who would I need to be to go create this result? What would my plan, what is that action? What does that execution look like? What is that like level of consecration look like? For me, it was, Hey, I'm quitting my job and I'm, and I'm literally going to do this. Most people do it like 30 minutes a day. I'm going to go do this eight hours a day. Right. I'm going to go train eight hours a day. I'm going to go consume every single book, podcast, YouTube video that there is about this. And the more I did, the more action I took, the deeper my commitment got. Right. The deeper my obsession came, the more it consumed me. And so for people that want to be all in, oftentimes it's not like, yeah, from the beginning, I'm all in. It's like, it's actual gradual process. And the more you invest time, money, energy, resources, the more you are going to be all in. And so if you're sitting in a spot, how do I be all in? Invest more into the thing. Commit, craft it, and then go create it. So you said like the crafting part is what I'm interested in as far as like looking inwards and being like, okay, this is the plan. Like, so what I have to do? Like you say, that's a huge piece of that. Yeah, absolutely. If you plan, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so oftentimes like, cool, I want to go sell this number, right? right? Or I want to go make this money. And then it's just like a thing. It's just like something that they just said. Crafting, it's like, cool, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to put it, I'm going to engrave it. And then also I'm going to have a plan on how to get there. What are, and everything's on the table. Like, what would I have to get rid of? What are distractions right now that are distracting me toward that thing that I can cut out? What do I have to keep doing? What do I have to stop doing? And then it's like, what level of commitment can I commit to? What sacrifices do I have to make? And then who do I need to be? Which is the one we always forget. It's like, oh, cool. This is the work I think I need to do. This is the action I need to take. But the last thing that's the most important is, who do I need to be in order to go create that thing? Right. And you, if you aren't someone that, if you don't have the character, the attributes of a millionaire, you're never going to be a millionaire. And so if you're sitting here in your best summer, you've made a hundred grand 
and you want to go have a seven-figure summer, you need to begin being someone that's not a six-figure guy. You need to begin being someone that's a seven-figure right. guy. You need to have attributes, thoughts, actions, execution, like someone that makes seven figures before you go make the seven figures. Right. So living like the person you want to become. Yeah, you be your future self now. Love that. that that's awesome. That's a, that's a mega right there. <laughs> Good. Um, what about, so you dive into why you chose sales. I mean, you kind of answered already. You want to serve others, help others, and, you know, you've been doing it for a long time now. Um, why would you recommend anyone get into sales in the first place? It's more specifically, like, door-to-door, because that's what you're, yeah. you're good at. So I think of all the jobs that people do, and I think of all the things that I experience in my own life. So if I go to the doctor, or I go to the dentist, or today I was at the dermatologist, for example, or I go to a physical trainer, or I hire an assistant, or I hire a house cleaner. What makes that person great at their job most of the times? Yes, they need to be qualified in their skill. That's a given. But the thing that separates the people from good to great, in my opinion, is their ability to communicate. Sure. And so my doctor I love going to, not because, yes, he's qualified at a skill. Everyone should be if you're a doctor. Right. But the reason why I keep going back to him and love and look forward to going back to him is because the way he communicates with me. <laughs> he shows me he loves me. I trust him. He asks about my family. He asks about me. We have a good relationship. And so his ability to communicate and that skill he has has created a long-term client, long like lifelong client for right. him. Makes sense? Mm -hmm. And so the reason why everybody, and I say everybody, and I truly mean this, should do one summer of door-to-door -door sales at least is because that skill of communication of influence of sales no matter their field is what's going to be the thing that sets them apart from being good to great and mm -hmm. everybody should go be great right and by doing four months on the doors day in day out it's inevitable with the amount of reps that you get every single day over a four month five month period it's inevitable not to learn those skills, not to learn how to communicate better, not to learn how to right. connect, not to learn how to become credible, how to gain trust. It, it's impossible right. if you're putting in the reps day after day after day after day and being intentional. Right. So that repetitive just knocking, like you're, you're doing it every day. And so obviously door-to-door -door is like the hardest sale you could possibly make. Right. And so if you can get a door-to-door, what you're saying is, you know, you can get pretty much anything. 100%. Cool. Once again, how we do one thing is how we do everything. Right. It all translates. Right, 100%. No, that's, that, that's great. So what has sales done for you um, as far as like, you know, how has it translated to your life? The skills, I would say. Yeah, so I just finished my first summer. This is 2020. I met, I met this girl named Bree December 4th of 2020. And she was highly sought after. She was dating like three different guys at the time. And I remember meeting her. She came down the stairs and I was like, I want to marry that girl. <laughs> Just the most incredible person I've ever seen. Incredibly beautiful, but even more important, the way she communicated her energy, her happiness, positivity. Right. I just was like, dude, I want that. <laughs> and so if anyone love at first sight, huh? love at first sight for me, not for her. Right. And for anyone that's ever gone through the dating process, especially here in Utah accounting, it's a hundred percent a sales game. 
And so I actually attribute a lot of my success in being able to take her, you know, from dating three dudes at the same time. And it was a process, man. For the next five months, I dated her, eventually locked her down. And today we're married. And I truly don't believe that if I didn't do a summer of sales before that, I would have been able to land her wow. or close her. And a hundred percent, dude, because of the skills I was able to learn, it translated into that. And so that's one example. Right. Since then, I've been able to negotiate, buy, invest in um, 12 to 14 different real estate properties. And so oftentimes I get those on a deal. I get those on a discount or I, I'm able to set up creative negotiating uh, creative terms for the property in order for it to cash flow better. And that skill has helped me create that. Um, as a father, as a brother, as a spouse, my ability to communicate, my ability to get my point across, across and be understood, and especially as a leader, all those skills I once learned on the doors and they've translated into everything that I do. Wow. So, so for anyone looking to get some women that's right I guess do some some sales if you're stuck <laughs> and you cannot get a girlfriend come yeah. to go to our <laughs> that's funny so what would you say your, your definition of success is because everyone's got a different yeah. most people have like oh, yeah. i want to be rich you know, yeah i want to be a millionaire yeah what is your definition of, of success i'm grateful for this question i was just pondering this i know a lot of people that are successful in one category I know very few that are successful in all the categories that matter. And so for me, the true definition of success, I don't care if you're a millionaire and you're a crappy husband. Right. I don't care if you make tons of money and then you throw God out by the wayside. Right. Like the, I'm, not in, I'm not intrigued by that at all. What I am super intrigued by and admire and, and very impressed with is a man that can go create massive wealth financially and while doing it he's a hundred percent committed to still being an amazing disciple of god an amazing husband an amazing father and an amazing person and so i believe success is actually balanced in all categories across the board and playing at a high level at all of them not just one of them wow cool and so how do you work on that every day like obviously you know if you want to be good at business, you want to try to put everything into yeah. business, right? Yeah. So how do you balance like work life, family life? You have a kid, yeah. you have a wife. How, yeah. do you, how do you balance? It's not easy or else obviously we'd all, we'd all be doing it. Right. The key for me has been, once again, I'm committed to doing so. I craft it and then I go create it. And so I'm committed to being one of the most unconditionally loving husbands in the world. And I'm committed to being the most loving, gentle, kind, and good example to my kids that's ever existed. Wow. And I'm committed to being one of the greatest builders in God's kingdom. And so those are three things that I'm committed to and I tell myself daily. And so the thing that has helped me, and I'm not perfect, the thing that's helped me accomplish those things and, and work towards those things is truly sitting down every Sunday and planning my week. And life is about being intentional with your time. And the more intentional you are with your time, the more success you're going to have. Most people just go out and they just take whatever comes at them. But every Sunday, I'm intentionally creating opportunities. So I know every Wednesday, 
I have a date night with my wife. I'm, I'm intentional about that. I'm intentional about blocking that off. It's protected. Therefore, when that happens, I get the opportunity to show up and be an amazing husband. Hmm. I'm intentional about in the morning spending time with my son. Right. right? And right. so the the key to that for me, and I have not been perfect, and I still, I'm under construction. I'm still working <laughs> at it, truthfully, is intentionally creating it in my calendar, planning it, blocking it out, and then following through with that time spent. Gotcha. Okay. Because your your brand revolves around living by design. Yeah. Right. And so living intentional with with everything, and so that's that would be like your number one tip as far as like being intentional is, is planning. Hundred percent. Wow. And, and going through this, like, what am I, I? I start with where am I trying to go? Right. And I take that and I start there. I don't end there. So if I want to go make a million bucks, I'm actually gonna start there. You begin with the end in mind. Exactly. Much. Awesome. Stephen Covey. That's right, dude. You know it. Seven habits. <laughs> tell us, tell everyone what your, your baby's name is. So my son's name is Covey Blake Erickson. He's named after the author Stephen Covey. <laughs> and he's incredible. Wow. So yeah, Stephen Covey's had a great impact on our life. I love that. I love that. Well, let's shift into the, the mindset part of things now. I know for sure that everyone that's successful has to have a, like a, a, just a strong mindset, yeah. right? And so how have you developed over the years a strong mindset to help you achieve success? Hmm. Because it's different for everyone, right? I mean, yeah. some people, you know, naturally aren't, you know, born with a strong mindset. Right. Everyone goes through right. things, right? And obviously you know, yourself, you even described, you know, you go through ups and downs and different, and different, there's different segments of life pretty right. much. And so what have just been a couple of things, like for example, myself, like I love to journal in the morning. Right. I think that has a, right. a very, for my mindset, I think that does very well. I'm, I'm in tune with emotions. I'm more aware of them and it's helped me develop that, that cool. mindset. Um, but what are some things for you that, cool. that you think of help you develop that, that mindset? I think a lot of it actually starts my childhood. I had amazing parents and have amazing parents. My dad was very intentional about creating a really hardworking environment. So, I mean, dude, there'd be some days where we'd spend 12 hours picking weeds. Wow. And it, that actually wasn't even that uncommon for us. And um, he was really intentional about creating environments and opportunities for us to develop discipline, right. to develop hard work and and being in uncomfortable situations and environments. Right. And then we would we were really present in sports, so we'd all play three or four different sports at a time because he wanted us to be super busy. And I think the greatest coaching in the world is by playing a sport. Not the yeah. coaches, but by playing the sport, being in the games, practicing towards something was one of the greatest universities for me in my learning and growing up of like, hey, who am I? Because dude, when you go in a football practice in Arizona, right. I have a helmet pads on, it's 113 degrees outside. Over time, like right. your mindset's just going to be stronger than someone that is playing in 70 degree weather, right? Yeah. And so I attribute a lot of it to my parents. I attribute a lot of it to sports growing up. And I attribute a lot of it to my mission. I, I recognize and also 
think that when you want to go play big, you're going to have, you're going to have big obstacles. Sure. And so my whole life, I've always wanted to play big, whether it's in sports, whether it's in life, whether it's whatever it may be, I always want to go be like the top 1%. And so I know in the process of getting there, I'm going to have the top 1% problems, top 1% stresses that, you know what I mean? And so over time, because I've always tried to think big and try to play big, I've just known that I have to have a mindset that can weather the storm. Right. And that's just become a, a habit over the years. Cool. So you expect, you know, if you're going to be a, a top 1% earner or a person, you're going to expect there to be massive obstacles. Right? You have to. And so what would you recommend people to do if, if, you know, to develop that mindset of being like, okay, cool. Like there's an obstacle here. I can't get flustered by it. I have to kind of get around it or go through it. Like, how would you, what do you recommend people do to get, get through obstacles like that? My favorite phrase I tell my leaders is the following. And if you can, if you can affirm this and tell yourself this frequently, you'll be able to get through everything. And it's this, there's always a solution. It's very simple. There's always a solution. And I haven't had an opportunity, a challenge, an issue come up that stood in my way, some fire to put out, whatever it may be that I've come to the conclusion that there's not a solution. Wow. And when you approach an opportunity, an obstacle, a challenge, whatever you may want to call it with, there's always a solution, whether it's through, whether it's up, whether it's around or whether it's digging under, (laughs) there's always a solution. And so I think if people can expect, Hey, I'm going to go play big. Therefore I'm going to have obstacles. If you can expect it and then approach when those obstacles come, Hey, there's always a solution. I didn't get through anything. Wow. Cool. And that's, so that's, that's one of the things that you teach all your guys. Is yeah. Like, cool. Awesome. Sweet. Um, as far as like my, or as far as like the fitness thing goes, I want to, I want to dive into what you're doing Please. now. The challenge. So you're doing a no sugar challenge. I am. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. So tell us a little bit about that. What, what does that consist of? What can you not eat? Stuff like that. Well, let me turn myself in first. As far as the fitness category, it's something that I am not currently up to my standard with. And so I'm not adequate to speak towards fitness uh, right sure. now. I, I had to mention, I mean, <laughs> you're doing, this is a fitness challenge pretty much. So I had to. Good. Had to no, I appreciate that. it. As far as uh, the no sugar challenge goes in 2024, me and a group of about 20 others committed to doing no sugar for 12 months. Natural sugars are fine, but added sugars are not. And so through all that, it's totally fine. But no sweets, no can, you know, no candy, no pastries, like really, really getting finite on, hey, <laughs> this is what I eat. This is what I not eat. This is what I don't eat. Excuse me. And I did it. Uh, we're a month in. I'm still going strong. Good. I did this three years ago and I actually did it for 18 months. And at the end of 18 months, what I could tell you of the results that came from it were the following. I was more disciplined than I ever had been in my entire life. Wow. In every category. Really? Yeah. Spiritually, physically, financially, discipline was dialed. Physically, I felt better than I'd ever felt in my life. Energy, like I was not sleeping a ton, but I just always maintained good energy. I was never like crashing. Okay. And I think I was like 5% body fat at that time period. So it was like my, my optimal just peak as far as fitness goes. 
and then lastly, it just gave me momentum to feel like, dude, I'm doing a hard thing. I can go do hard things in other places. Right. So sometimes one thing just helps influence an, another thing. And then it just spreads like that, like a shotgun. Right. And that's what I noticed from doing this challenge a couple of years ago. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing this year. That is so cool. So yeah. you're a month in right now. Month in. I invite everybody to do it. Wow. 11 more months. Obviously, you've done it before. Yeah. And so you know, that's one thing about it is you know that you've already done it. So you have confidence that like, okay, like. It helps for sure. Okay. But it's still still a hard thing though. I yeah. Mean, you can't Without like, a doubt. You know. My life, my wife loves to go get some sugar here and there so it's oh, tempting man. sometimes that's yeah that's tough do you do any like workout do you go um, obviously go to the gym and stuff like that while you're doing this or yep what does your gym routine like <laughs> my intention is to go to the gym sometimes i justify not going to the gym for other things and i shouldn't that's why i say i'm i'm not to the point where i want to be fitness wise but my gym routine just i try to go hit 40 minutes do two two, two different muscles and then I try to do a cold plunge in a sauna every day. So cool. as far as like my physical approach on, on like weightlifting and gym exercise, that's it. And then I've just always been a pretty healthy eater. And right. so I just continue to maintain that and try to eat a lot of protein and cool. mitigate carbs as much as possible. Cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. As far as like routine goes, you have a solid setup with your <laughs> backyard. You got I the appreciate sauna, it. You got the jacuzzi, all that kind of stuff. And the cold plunge. Thank you. Um, what would you say, tell us a little bit about your routine and and how that's been able to help you out in, in everyday life. Yeah. So I've, I've had weird fantasies, dude, over the years, like weird things I like really want to like have or buy or get. One of those was uh, I always wanted to have a hot tub. I just love hot tubbing. Yeah. And so for years, it was something I always wanted to buy. And, you know, we ended up having a house that had enough space for it. So I went, got a hot tub and then sauna and cold plunging kind of became a thing. And I went and bought a cold plunge, went and bought a sauna. And so, excuse me. And so when I go out and do it, my routine is I go from the hot tub. So I get really hot to the sauna. I get even hotter to the point where I'm so hot that I want to get in the cold plunge <laughs> and I'm just sweating. And so then I get in the cold plunge, I do three minutes and then I go finish off in the hot tub. And that's like my, my hot cold <laughs> therapy that I do for the day. It takes probably 30 to 40 minutes. It's really fun and interactive because everybody wants to join. Right. And so it's created a really cool opportunity to network and create relationships. Like I have some people, within door to door we're at different companies right. and door to door is super competitive but like i have some people from a competing company coming over on monday and i'm pumped dude to just network and connect <laughs> and it's like it's not stereotypical to do that or make friends or make connections like right. that but i'm pumped to just have a an opportunity where i get to connect with people while we're doing something hard and creating a peak state for our day yeah i love that love that a lot well, let's let's on to end off with this. Is there anything that you have to say to anyone that's looking to level up in sales and mindset through fitness? What what final words do you have for anyone that's trying to make a difference in their life through through these avenues? I would say you can create whatever you want to create. Creation is is for everybody. Whether you get a dealt 
a hand that's not very good or you get dealt a hand that's incredible, you have the opportunity to still go create a win, right? right? So when we play poker, regardless of what I get, if I have pocket aces or if I have, you know, a two and a seven, I still have the opportunity to play at a high level and go create a win regardless of my hand. And so I think a lot of people in life, they automatically think I have been dealt a bad hand. Therefore, I can't go win. And so they just end up being incredibly average or below average. And I know a lot of people have been dealt great hands that go create great things. I know a lot of people that have been dealt bad hands that go create great things. And so my last message would be creations for everybody. You have the opportunity to go create whatever you want to create, no matter the hand. Right. And if you can approach that way with thinking big, playing big, and just swinging the bat, you're going to live a lot more fulfilled life and a lot happier life than someone that just says, I'm just going to play small. I'm just going to be average. I'm going to fly under the radar. And I want everybody that I work with and everybody that I get to interact with to just play big and swing big because I know eventually it's going to create a ton of fulfillment and happiness for their life. Awesome. Awesome. And tell us about your, your book that you wrote. Cause you, you mentioned like, you know, people with Vic, with Vic, yeah. I mean, people, they, they get dealt a bad, yeah. a bad, uh, bad, um, hand. And it's like, they're like, Oh, you know, the world's out to get me, you know, nothing, nothing's good. going to come from this. Dive into your book a little bit. I'm curious to, to hear why you, you wrote about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually inspired by you in this sense. And so I'd actually love to ask you a question, but I believe that life happens for us, not to us in every struggle, obstacle, or good thing that happens. And so sometimes in the deepest of trials in our life, it's so hard to say somehow this is happening for me, not to me. And that's what my book's about. And it's about avoiding the victim mindset of people are to get me. People are screwing me over. I'm getting offended. I have to wait for things to happen. I can't go create it. All that's like the victim mentality where it's like you can't take charge. You can't create like you're not in the driver's seat. And the reality is everybody's in the driver's seat. And if you take accountability for your actions and you recognize everything that happens happening for you, you can go create a wonderful life, an incredible lifestyle. And I want that for everybody because everybody deserves to have it. Everybody deserves this deserves to be happy. So yeah, that's what powerful my, message. I thank that. you. That's what my book's about. It's called Becoming Victimless. Um, Is it out yet? It's not out yet. It's in the editing process. Okay. So I'll let you guys know when we, when we release it. Um, and I hope you don't mind me turning this sure. on you. But uh, we had a really cool chat. I remember over the summer we were driving back to from Houston. And you had talked about how your mom had recently passed away within the last couple of years. And anybody that has a parent, that has to be one of the worst things that can ever happen or someone experience. And the thing that took me back about you is your demeanor and reaction and your approach to that trial and adversity. And so I'd love, if you're open to it, Sure. For you to dive a little bit into what that did to you and what it did for you and how you responded to that. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. 
Um, so, I mean, wh when it happened, I was very, I could, I knew that I was aware enough to know that I could go down two paths, right? One path was to become a victim, right? Why did this happen to me? Why our family? Like, this is awful. Like, yes. of course, those thoughts come into my head for sure. It's, They're natural. It's human nature, yeah. you know? But the other path was was the, the positive, the opportunity path, where it's like, wow, I could, I could really make something of this. Mm -hmm. I could do everything now for my mom's legacy, right? So she was someone I looked up to mm -hmm. with she was just a great person she was she was fit she was healthy kind generous great mother right probably best mother on earth right and so that was my mindset was i i knew that i could take two paths i decided to take you know mm. the the positive path and that's obviously when i started in door to door and stuff like that and everything i've been doing up to this point has been for her so it's just you know that's why i think awareness is is very key you know when it comes to achieving success is because you have to be aware of your actions you have to be aware of kind of where you're going you know mm -hmm. and if you can recognize that then you're going to be much more you're going to mm -hmm. have you know a much better chance of, of making it right and so um i forgot the other part of your question but that was kind of where i was no, going i appreciate for, that for uh it's beautiful to, uh, i so. love i love how you described it as two doors right I'm such an advocate of that. We can either fold, blame, become a victim, or we can be, or we can right. choose the route of a victor, and say, "Hey, I'm gonna out of this horrible, tragic thing, I'm gonna go create something great out of it." Right. And that's the route, and that's the, that's actually the path that's gonna serve you the most. Sure. 100%. It's gonna be the path that fulfills you, creates success, like makes you the most happy, and the other path never leads to happiness. Right. But that's actually the most common path to take and the most natural path. And so I just want to say how much I honor you and admire you for your approach and just not only how you respond to that thing, but how you live your life. And how your mom would be incredibly proud I appreciate that. with who you've created and what you're doing. Thank you. And I'd say, you. I would say credit to, to my dad as well. I mean, he, he did teach me like when I was in Croatia, we had a similar story with I, you know, I took a little detour year and a half into creation and stuff like that and he always taught me to always take a negative and turn it into a positive right so when, when i was injured a lot you know he would always be like hey this is okay he would always find the the positive mm. out of it, right it's like hey it's okay you're injured but listen like you got to think of the positive right this is a good thing like here's why it's a good thing you know mm. here's why this could benefit you and stuff mm. like that so it's like Credit to him too, but I, I appreciate the, the words. Mr. Zubik's the man. <laughs> no, you're so, welcome. I'm proud of you. Yeah, but no, I, I appreciate the opportunity um, that you presented to me, and um, it's been life-changing for me, so I'll forever be grateful for it. Oh, dude, and, um, thank you. Appreciate you being on the podcast. It was a great time, as always, you know, always providing value to people, which is why I, I uh, admire you a ton. So Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You. Yeah, no Appreciate worries. you. And, uh, oh, I guess last thing, where can we reach you at? Is yeah, you great question. On, on social media, Instagram? Best way to reach me is follow me on Instagram. It's the Blake Erickson. Cool. And uh, happy to help anytime. Reach out and would love to be a resource. Perfect. Everyone go give him a follow. <laughs> thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys.